If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, where you learn all the tips, mindset shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, Ursula Minchus, and I can't wait to dive into today's show. You are in for a treat, because I'm wondering, when you think of field sales, what do you think of? What comes up for you? When you think of outside sales, what do you think of? Because I think our guest today, Steve Benson, is going to transform the way you think about that area of selling specifically. And I think you're going to love to hear his journey. So I just want to say hello to Steve and welcome to the show. Hey, Ursula. Thanks for having me. It's uh, great to be here this morning. We are going to have a blast. I know. I know this conversation is going to help a lot of people. And I just want to thank our listeners all over the world. I know we have people listening over 50 countries and we say hello. If there's anything we can do for you, please, please always reach out to us. We are here. We want to be a resource to you. And we just found out our listenership doubled last month. I'm not sure. Well, you know, it is the Double Your Sales Now show. So thank you all for listening. And I want to thank one of our sponsors. Of course, our sponsors are the lifeblood of what we do. And I just want to tell you a little bit about the Expressory. Did you know the average business loses around 20% of its customers annually simply by failing to attend to customer relationships? In some industries, it's as high as 80%. Thanks to technology and our addiction to notifications and being busy, we spend less of our time creating quality relationships and more time just collecting followers. The Expressory aims to change the way we build business relationships. They help business owners create customer loyalty by designing and executing unique personal customer experiences. And the Expressor would like to offer all of you, our Double Your Sales Now listeners, the opportunity to simplify your relationship management efforts. You'll receive a 30-minute design session to review your current customer experience. And during that time, you'll also create an easy way to execute an engagement plan. Plus, as a bonus, the Expressor will send 10 of those follow-ups for you to your prospects. That's over $150 value. To redeem, you can simply go to bit.ly forward slash double now. And then mention the Double Your Sales Now 
podcast in the notes or email info at theexpressory.com to receive more information. Visit theexpressory.com. Thank you, Jamie Shively, for being one of our sponsors. We so appreciate you. And so let me tell you about Stephen Benson. He's the founder and CEO of Badger Maps, the number one route planner for field salespeople. After receiving his MBA from Stanford, Steve's career has been in field sales with companies like IBM, Autonomy, and Google, becoming, check this out, Google Enterprise's top performing salesperson in the world in 2009. In 2012, Steve founded Badger Maps to help field salespeople be more successful. He's also been selected as one of the top 40 most inspiring leaders in sales lead and management. So you can see why we're delighted to have you here today, Steve. So let's dive in. We had a little interesting side conversation before. So I want you to tell your story a little bit. You know, what was your original plan? And then how did you end up in the world of sales? Because usually it's not a straight line to the world of selling. No, yeah, it's it's often not. I think a lot of people take a random way of getting there, and that's because it's there are so many sales jobs in the world, and, and so many sales is the lifeblood of business, and so there there's a lot of need for sales. So sales will pull people in from other areas. In my case, I started out in insurance, and there are obviously not in a sales role, but more in an analyst type role. And but then when I after I went to business school kind of while I was at business school, I guess, I realized that that was going to be a good place for me is that just from learning about the different elements of business. And I kind of recognized that being on the sales side and where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, was where I wanted to be. And so when I left business school, I went and worked for IBM in a sales role. And then I went to Autonomy, a software company, got bought by HP. And then I went to Google for a while. And then I started Badger Maps, which is mapping software and routing software and doing a bunch of busy work type things for field salespeople. So I started a company to solve the problems that I had when I was in field sales. Right. Isn't that what we all do? I love it. We think, oh, there's just that one thing if we could just do it differently. And so, Steve, go back, like go way back when you first got into selling. Did you have any limiting beliefs about sales or selling? Or like, what did you think about that role, that career? Well, so when I first launched this business, I guess it is very different having a startup and selling that product, which is a very basic version of what you'll ultimately have. The first thing that you create to solve, well, I guess actually first start out, the thing that you're selling isn't even built yet. You're, You're selling the idea because you want people to kind of realize what you can do for them and say, yeah, I would pay for that because that makes it actually worth worth building. If no one was willing to pay for it, it wouldn't even be worth building. So you're selling something before you even have it. Right. The biggest limiting belief is that, that I held, I think, the thing that was holding me back, I think, the most when I was first starting out and was limiting me was I had been accustomed to selling with a big brand behind me. So IBM, HP, Google, and then Badger Maps that no one had ever heard of because it was just started. And so I think that I had some limiting beliefs around what I, how, well, what I would need out of a brand and what I could get out of a brand that I didn't have as a startup, whereas with, with a, as, a, as a new company, you just have to get in front of people and, and let them know the value proposition and see if they, in a different way than just calling them up and saying, hi, we're with Google, maybe you want to talk to us. <laughs> like, right. So sure. it's different. There are different ways you approach the market in those two, situ- in those two situations. So how did you push through those limiting beliefs? And like, what did you have to believe about your company and what you were offering to keep going? Because a lot of people would stop at that point and say, oh, this is just too hard. I'm not Google. I'm never going to get to that point. Like, what did you do to push through it? Well, in the beginning, starting a company is always hard, right? The 
getting your first $10,000 in sales, $100,000 in sales, you know, million dollars in sales. Those firsts are always the biggest hurdles, you know, and it's, and it's always amazing how fast your second million comes in the door in compared to your first million, right? It's you're like, ah, I worked so hard for the first million, the second million, I blinked and here it is. But the, I guess, I just put my nose to the grindstone, I guess. I think to start a company, twice as many leads, three times as many leads to close, and there's smaller deals that, that close than you can have at a bigger company. You know, there's just, you have a smaller closure rate because people don't, you know, ultimately people try to, buyers don't like risk. Buyers try to avoid taking risks. They don't like, uh, and, and ultimately that's what a lot of decisions are made based on either the fear of, of doing something or uh, versus versus their ability to actually do it, right? So they... It's risk and fear of failure and, and fear of losing your – I mean, if you buy something that doesn't work out, you can lose your job. And so to push through that as a beginning startup, you have to have a lot more fish in the line to get one fish in the boat. And so I think you know, the, I had to do a lot more on the marketing side and the lead generation side to get a lot more – a thicker upper pipeline in order to get the same amount of deals coming out of the bottom of the pipeline than I would have at a, at a larger company. Sure. Yes, Definitely. And okay, so many things I want to ask you, Steve, you just landed a whole bunch of things. I know our listeners are like, ask him that, ask him that. So we're going to talk about your first million and versus your second million in a moment. I'm going to come back to that. But when you doubled your sales for the first time in Badger Maps, like, do you, do you remember, like, was there a moment? I mean, we all have our first double. We go from 100 to 200. We say, oh, we doubled. But was there a moment where you had like this big month and you just knew that the company was going to make it and that it was starting to get easier? Do you remember that time? What was that like for you? I guess that's happened several times. We've broken through a few ceilings. I remember our first real deal, the med device company who had a team of outside salespeople. And landing that deal, I was like, wow. big!" And we still had a pretty basic version of the product, right? We, all we could do was put points on a map and you could colorize those points by an, you know, a characteristic or attribute, like customer type or something. It was only on the browser, on the computer. It wasn't on the mobile device, not on Android, nothing. And, but that was enough for them and that created enough value that they were willing to pay to pay for the product. And, and I remember when that check came in the door, I was like, wow, this pays for like, you know, four months of the whole company's expenses. Right, <laughs> like, right, like, right. Oh. Like, I was like, oh, well, now I just got to get another one of these in the next four months. And <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Yeah, we're going to, oh, we all have those moments, especially when you're paying a lot of people. So in that moment, Steve, like, in that moment, you knew, yeah, I'm going to be able to, this is like four months, it gave you that extra momentum. But was there any other knowing, like any other belief you took on? Or did that give you additional momentum to really go out there and sell more? Like, what was the feeling? What was the belief at that point? I think you really strengthen your resolve that you're on to something when you go through these moments of success, you know, you kind of go through these gates or barriers, and you break through them, you realize, okay, we're really on to something. You know, I guess it's, and you know what it is, it's when you can really start hiring that for a startup, I think that was the biggest gate for us is when our recurring revenue, you know, the money that was just coming in every month yeah. was not only paying the existing employees that we needed to kind of get things going, but it actually broke through to being like, oh, and now we've got another 7K a month coming in that we can apply towards another employee. And then it was another employee two months later. And kind of that growth early on, that's been really, you start feeling an inflection point right around that time. Cause all of a sudden there's more engineers building the product faster. There's more salespeople selling the product faster and you start really being able to leverage up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so two of our favorite words on the show are recurring revenue. I mean, it's, <laughs> a, it's, a, diff it's a different game at that point. And 
clearly you guys have built really quickly. Now I want to circle back because I'm certain our listeners are going to want me to ask you this question. You have to talk about the idea of the first million is so hard and the second million is so easy because there's some people who are listening right now who are thinking, hey, my first five figures is really hard. My first six figures, my first 250, my first 500, my first million. For you, what was it about going from a million to two million in this business that was so easy? Like think back, like what can you share with us about that? Let me think. So I think that the difference is your first million, it's just a long, long path. And I guess there's two ways to look at it, right? Are we talking about your first million of recurring revenue or your first million actual cash in the door? We'll talk about both. Okay. So um, the first million of cash in the door, I guess, is so hard because when you start a business, you just have a lot of months of you're making five grand a month, one month, eight grand a month, the next month, four grand a month, the next month. You know, it's very, the business is very hit or miss. Sometimes you land deals, sometimes you don't. If you think about things in terms of like MRR, you know, your monthly recurring revenue, it tends to, to hover pretty low for a while while you're kind of getting the product together. Now, the second million, you probably break through the million mark after you start to scale a bit. Maybe you're making, you know, 50 grand a month. And so that's why you burn through that. The second half of that million, you blow through it. You don't limp up to it. You kind of blow through it. You tend to if you're if the company's growing. And yeah. then because you're already moving so fast, the second million just kind of comes in the door almost compared to the first one. I guess in, when you're thinking about it in terms of, you know, the first million dollars in recurring revenue that the business is making, you know, so meaning you're when you break through the level that the company is now in terms of ARR making a million bucks a year. So you multiply your MRR by 12. Now you're making a million bucks a year. If you were to just level off the built business, you know, not grow at all, you would make a million dollars a year. The difference between that and 2 million, why are they so different? The first million just takes a long time to get to, you know, a million bucks a year at ARR is like 80 grand, 85 grand. I don't know exactly. A month coming in. 83.3. Yeah. 83.3. Good job. So <laughs> you kind of hit the it takes so long to, to make 83K a month, right? And the company, you know, you got 10 people working there at 83.3 and it feels like a small lean operation. But you, I mean, I don't know what it took us to go from 1 million in ARR to two, probably about 10 months or so to move from one to two in ARR and might have taken a year. I don't know, thinking back now, but it's, the company feels a lot different when you're around 25 employees compared to around 10 or 12 employees. You just every, and that's what you, where you are, a million versus 2 million. And, you know, you've at 2 million, you're just, you're really kind of moving along, right? You're, everyone's doing a role as the founder. You've taken off literally 10 more hats and get, put them on other people and said, okay, now you do PR and you do, <laughs> you're going to do demand gen marketing. And, oh, great. I have three salespeople now. I was spending eight hours a day on sales. And now you guys are spending 24 hours a day on sales and I'm spending two hours a day on sales. That's fantastic. The company feels a lot different and things just start moving a lot faster as you grow. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So Steve, you know, you've grown the company, multi-millions. What are the top two sales strategies that you utilize to grow the company really fast? And what are the top two things that you teach your salespeople? Top two strategies to grow really fast. I'm going to write this down this time so I don't forget. <laughs> to grow fast. Sorry. And do, how to do top two strategies to... That you teach your salespeople sales now, which might be the same. That's what I'm curious about, actually. Yeah. I mean, they're certainly related. So two strategies to grow fast. I think the most important strategy to grow fast is to make sure the people in the world that you're solving their problem know your unique value proposition and how 
you solve a problem that they have. Our biggest challenge as a company certainly has always been that people don't know that we exist. Every field salesperson has to do the stuff that we're doing. That you know, They have to build their schedules and routes for a day. They have to figure out which customers to focus on. They have to generate leads. They, everyone has to do these things, but we, they don't know that we exist for field salespeople to solve the problem. And so our biggest challenge is finding companies that have field sales teams and letting them know hey, we do this. And so that's been our number one strategy is marketing and word out, getting people who are using the product right now to tell their friends, their ex-coworkers, their current coworkers that we exist um, and put it, you know, that's been a big strategy for us to grow. So I'd say those are our two top strategies to grow fast is A, doing things to get the word out like marketing and B, getting our actual customers that are using the product now to tell other people about it. I guess those two things don't have anything to do what I teach my sales team. Okay. So, you know, when I hire a new salesperson, we have a whole month-long onboarding process with them, whether we, we go through blocking and tackling of sales skills, we go through, you know, deep product training. I think the number, the most important thing that I think I, I need my sales team to understand is deep product knowledge and deep customer knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, I need them to understand our product and what it does and what its value propositions are and how to communicate it. And we've got a bunch of things that we help them with to learn that during the onboarding process. And then I guess one thing that a lot of companies don't do and a lot of sales teams don't do is focus on their customers and really teaching their sales teams how to be consultative salespeople through having deep understanding of the customer's problems the customer's business. I, we really encourage our sales team to understand our customers' businesses and understand their processes that they have as a sales team. You know, we sell the sales teams, obviously. So we need our customers. So our salespeople, this is, this is a little ironic, our salespeople are inside salespeople, like most sure. software products that are you know inexpensive of this nature. But we sell to field salespeople and they don't necessarily naturally understand their business model and how things work for them. And so we need to, if someone to be working as an inside salesperson for 10 years in software, we need to teach them all about field salespeople and what their problems are in order for them to successfully sell. And there's a lesson in that, I think. I mean, I think everyone could learn more about their customers and, and go deeper. Right. Because what, yeah, what do they want next? We just had a customer redesign one of our coaching, our high-end coaching programs. And she said, this is exactly what I need. And we said, okay, great. That is our next <laughs> offering. And often we're, we're not paying attention. So Dave, we know you're an expert in all things field sales and of course, many other things related to business growth. But in the area of field sales, I'd love to hear two to three strategies that you teach your clients. So someone who would you know, invest in Badger Maps or a team that would invest in Badger Maps, what do you teach them about field sales? How does the product help them? Tell us more. Well, I guess I've been in field sales my whole career and, and then our customers are field sales people. So I've been living and breathing outside sales, field sales for the last you know 15 years. I guess when I sit down with a, a sales executive, well, and actually I spent the last seven weeks on the road visiting our I visited 100 of our biggest 300 customers and sat down with their leadership teams and sales teams if they wanted me to and face-to-face and, and kind of talked to them about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and gave them, basically did free consulting about field sales for them and just really wanted to gather feedback about their about how they were using our product, what they liked, what they didn't like, so that I could make the company better, I could make the product better. But I think the thing that I find myself teaching them again and again is talking about how they can organize their time in the field more effectively to focus on the most important customers who are the most important customers right now, but not neglect 
their customers that maybe don't feel as important, but come renewal time will be super important if they don't renew. <laughs> so one strategy that I often tell people, that I often see is helpful for people and I often advise people to do is figure out, break your customer base into buckets. Your A-level customers, your B-level customers, C-level, D-level. Different companies need different levels. Some businesses are simpler and just need ABC. Some need up to G, who knows? But point being, an A-level customer is someone that you need to see in kind of every 14 days. And there are different reasons people could be an A-level customer. They could be a small customer who's about to close. That could bump them into an A. Or they could be a big customer that you just needs a lot of attention. And a part of your job is to maintain that relationship. And they're not even a prospect. They're a customer. They're going to buy again next year. Even though that's not for a long time, they need a lot of care and feeding. But And then a B, maybe you see they're every 30 days. And a a C level, maybe you see every 90 days, maybe a D you never see. Let's just say you never, you want to make sure you never stop by there again. <laughs> I was actually, I was explaining this concept to, a, I guess I wasn't explaining it to him. The guy that was already doing this, who sells seeds to farmers, his team, he was like, yeah, we go to F and if, if we F somebody, that means they shot at us. <laughs> never go back. Oh my gosh. So be glad you don't sell <laughs> seeds to farmers. It's a dangerous business apparently. <laughs> I, hey, I grew up on a farm. I, I can relate to that. Yep. There yep, people coming on the property that shouldn't be. We, oh, that's, my goodness. That's F, right. Yeah. yeah so, that. so that, that was funny. his lo- That was his worst level was F. And if, if they F somebody, he said, if we have somebody, <laughs> shot at us. But in, in, you know, the number of days was different for every comp- for every sales team. And even in every different territory might be a little different. Maybe it's weekly and every three weeks for the different levels. But you, you kind of have to feel that out for what you're time allows you to do and what you're able to do and how many of these different buckets you have. But being able to break your territory into leads and customers that kind of have these different levels of how often you want to see them. And then actually building Mm -hmm. your time in the field in a way that makes geographic sense based on that. So taking all the knowing who all the A's that are due for a meeting and all the B's and all the C's and all the D's that are currently due for a meeting in the next week. And then looking at just that and being like, okay, and these are grouped up in this part of my territory. So I'll do that on Monday. And these are grouped in this part of the territory. So I'll do that on Tuesday, going through that process on a weekly basis. So you're seeing the people who are most important to see at a given time, but you're also not wasting a ton of time zigzagging around the territory and being reactive. That process is one of the ones that are really stand out to me as being helpful for field salespeople. Got it. Thank you. So I'm curious really quickly, and then we're going to wrap up, but what are the biggest mistakes that you think people are making in sales today? Top two mistakes. Top two mistakes. I think people don't prepare appropriately for sales calls. And uh-huh. there are a bunch of elements of preparation, I think. So one is really knowing your customer's business. We, we kind of talked about that. And two is before a sales yeah. call, I think that it's important that the that you've t- spoken or communicated with the customers, so you know what's really important to them to have gotten to get done on the sales call. You know, in that I think mm-hmm. you have to talk to them and find out, hey, what would success look like for you for this meeting? What are you looking to get out of it? Because then you can make sure you're talking about the appropriate things and, and kind of focusing on what they want to focus on. And it's great if you can do this before the actual call if you can touch base with them especially if it's like a complex sale with you know five people in the room, have your sponsor tell you what they really need to cover. Have, and I like to try to have a, a five-minute conversation two days before with that sponsor and, and try to, you know, they often in these complex sales, you got one person in the room who wants the product and then four others, who, two who don't care and two who don't want it. You know? <laughs> so, right. so finally having that person help you sell and help you focus 
things and the right things is, is often really important. So that's doing that pre-sales call, I think is really important. That's one strategy that I guess I teach people to do. A second one, let's see, a second strategy that I try to encourage people on is, I guess, follow-up. I don't think a lot of people follow up as well as they could. I think send, sure. reaching out to customers right away with you know, getting back to them with what you discussed and what kind of is going to help move things along is really important. And then and then circling back in an, in an appropriate way. I think a lot of people skip that step. And a lot of times it takes a lot of work to kind of keep moving a deal downfield. So that's another thing, area right. that I try to encourage reps to focus on. Yeah, that's one area we talk a lot about on the show. And statistically, it's, you know, following up five or more times. And a lot of people are like, well, when should I follow up? You know, like, should I wait a week? No, you should follow up now. I always, we always talk about like on the show and in our training until you get a yes, like a clear yes, here's, I'm paying you today, a clear no, never in this lifetime, not a fit, or the next step on the calendar. Like if the next step's on the calendar, you're not moving it down the field, so to speak, as you said. And then people just get stuck and it's like tumbleweeds out there. Because once you're in chasing, forget it. Like it's going to take forever. So a yes, a no, or a next step. So Steve, we want to hear about Badger Maps. So can you tell us, I know you have a free gift for our listeners. Tell us a little bit about the product and how they can get the gift that you're offering. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, Badger is a, a piece of, it's an app for your phone for field sales people that helps them organize their time in the field, build routes, organize their schedule. We have a lead gen tool specifically for field salespeople. It's a, we, we've tried to solve as many of the problems that field salespeople face that we can with software. It integrates with people's CRM systems. If your data is in a CRM system, we can get it on a map and, and give them all these tools to kind of manipulate that information in a way that makes sense for field salespeople. We've basically tried to solve as many of the problems that field salespeople have as we can. And I guess the we, we plan on solving more. We've got a bunch of a bunch more tricks up our sleeve. But we're really focused on outside salespeople, field salespeople, and solving their problems, helping them be more successful. You know, and, and in terms of the free gift, it, you know, just for it, mention to my sales team, you know, I guess mention the code word Ursula or uh, just mention the podcast, Double Your Sales Now. But my, and I'll, I'll instruct my sales team to give you a, a free two months of the product just, you know, as a thank you for enduring my droning voice throughout this podcast. You have a very thoughtful voice, Steve. We appreciate that. We know you've shared a lot of your wisdom today and we are grateful. So for those who are listening, check out Badger Maps and you can ask for your two months free. Use the code Double Your Sales Now or Ursula. And the salespeople will will support you in that. So Steve, last word. So we have a lot of entrepreneurs who listen, a lot of salespeople who listen. Might be one of their toughest days in business. So in 30 seconds or less, what's your best advice for them? If they're really struggling. If you're struggling, I guess my advice to someone struggling in their really in any career role, I'd say step back and and look at your entire process of what you're spending your time on and where you're spending your time and how could you better focus on the things that are really going to move the needle for you. So a lot of times I see in sales, people overspend time with their customers. They, they almost become like a permanent free consultant for their customers. And while you need to maintain customer relationships, you also need to focus on bringing in new business. And so sometimes reallocating your time away from, and if you're managing a sales team, it's the same thing, but you can do things for the whole team to allocate their time away from managing current customers and getting them focused on new prospects and moving new opportunities through the pipeline to being closed business. Awesome. Thank you, Stephen Benson. Thanks for being here today. We appreciate everything that you shared. 
Awesome. Well, thanks for having me here. So this has been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And I want to thank all of our listeners all over the world. We hear you. If there's anything I can do for you, you can email me directly at Ursula, U-R-S-U-L-A at salescoachnow.com. If you haven't grabbed our free webinar yet, go to my website, salescoachnow.com. And you can register to get the Authentic Sales Formula, an entrepreneur's guide to serving more clients without being pushy or salesy. And it's free. It's $500 value. I We just put a lot of content in there for you to stay inspired and take some of those next steps in your sales career. And I'd love to partner with you on your next event. So if you have a conference coming up or sales training, please reach out to us. You can go to my website, UrsulaMinches.com to see all of our latest keynotes and presentations. And I would love to come out and see all of you. Thanks again, everybody for listening and make this your most epic year yet. Thank you for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales now.